Back-to-back playoff games and back-to-back 5-1 to losses for New Jersey Devils. They now have to head into Madison Square Garden, trailing two games to none to the New York Rangers. Can they climb out of it? What went wrong in this game? Once again, John Chick of Locked On Rangers accompanies me on today's crossover reaction episode. Yeah, buckle up, everybody. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Elias scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup! All righty now. What is up, New Jersey, and also New York, baby? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils and also the Locked On Rangers show here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews, joined alongside John Chick of Locked On Rangers, and we're doing a post-game crossover reaction kind of thing. So, John, back-to-back games and back-to-back 5-1 to losses for New Jersey. I don't even know what else to say, but um, first and foremost, how you doing? You're up 2-0, but in the words of Kobe Bryant, job's not finished, so, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, feeling pretty good. And you're right, you know, the job is not finished. Uh, this is the NHL, this is a Stanley Cup playoffs, anything can always happen. But as far as the first two games, going on the road, playing your division rival, uh, you know, a, a matchup that has been pretty even throughout the regular season. Uh, I know the Devils won three out of four, but, you know, these these games have mostly been competitive. Uh, I don't think there are too many Ranger fans that could have uh, envisioned a much better start. I mean, they really are firing on all cylinders. Uh, I'm seeing, you know, basically domination as far as special teams is concerned. Uh, everybody's getting involved as far as the scoring goes. Uh, the Rangers are doing a really nice job against some of the Devils' star players. You know, Jack Hughes has looked all right at times, but I think for the most part they've done a nice job containing him. And uh, in particular, I think the Rangers have done a nice job um, shutting down Brat as well as Meyer. You know, th- those two have both been very quiet. And, you know, it's a little bit cliche, Trey, but uh, they always say that your best players need to be your best players around this time of the year. And uh, right now, I, I think that's the difference. The Rangers are doing that, and the Devils, you know, the series is not over, but thus far, uh, they they have not been able to do that, and um, I think that's kind of been reflected in, in the final score of each of these games here. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I could say about Timo Meyer, at least he's asserting himself physically because he did lead the Devils in the uh, hits category with seven, so that's the one thing I liked from Timo Meyer. Yes, he's not scoring, and I projected for him to just go on a tear during the course of the playoffs, but unfortunately... The Rangers, like you said, they're shutting down our best players. Nico Heischer, he's not really doing much. Jack Hughes not doing much. And the worst part is Jesper Bratt and Timo Meyer, they're set to become restricted free agents at the conclusion of this season. So they're trying to get that, the, that money. But unfortunately, their uh, stock just continues to dip just a little bit more. I don't know if that helps the Devils or what, but yeah, they're not performing uh, up to the standard that I'm sure they would like. But I just want to begin with this because I know a lot of Rangers fans are going to have a field day with me. Okay. I will admit I heavily underestimated the Rangers. I was basing everything off during the course of the regular season, but here's the thing. 13 game win streaks don't usually happen. 52 uh, wins don't usually just happen. A hundred plus points during the regular season doesn't usually happen. I heavily underestimated the Rangers. Please don't come at me. All right. I admit it. All right. There you go. Now, now, please leave me alone, but we have, <laughs> we have a lot to uh, break down. But the, the, the one thing I want to talk about, at least for the devil side of things, they surprisingly scratched Jonas Siegenthaler 
for this game. And according to uh, Todd Cordell, he said that Sigathar led the Devils defenseman with a 66.92 expected goals for percentage in game one and was not on any of the New York's power play goals. And yet he was a healthy scratch for Brendan Smith. So a lot of people are probably wondering, like, why is that the case for New Jersey Devils? Why did Lindy Ruff decide to do that? My educated guess was that I guess he wanted the Devils to play more physical. But unfortunately, in this case, you got to be careful what you wish for because the Devils just played like a bunch of goons out there. Like they were picked, like, I get it's your rival. I get you're just trying to find some sort of energy booster. But at the same time, that is not how you do it because we saw Brendan Smith. He got a penalty early. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. It was a bit of a, of a cheap call. But someone else who should have been a scratch, quite honestly, was Miles Wood. Miles Wood, this is the second game in a row in which he gets a costly penalty that results in a, I, I believe Chris Kreider scored again in, during the course of that power play opportunity. So it's just like, why is Miles Wood doing this? Look, I've defended Miles Wood for the past few weeks, but that is unacceptable because what the, the uh, New York Rangers, they've scored nine times on Vanacek. And I believe four of those times are on the power play. And I shouldn't have to be concerned about the penalty kill for Devils because during the course of the season, their penalty kill was one of the best in the NHL, and now it's completely shut down. At least the Devils were able to do something on their respective power play, thanks to Eric Halla. But it has been just a train wreck these last two games. Now you got to go into enemy territory at Madison Square Garden. You're down 0-2. Rangers have full momentum, and you've been outscored 10-2. to I don't know what to think of Vitek Vanacek at this point. This is one of the concerns I had. Can he step up during the course of the playoffs? I get it's not entirely on him, but still, I, I expect it just a little bit better. But, yeah, uh, I don't know why Lindy Ruff benched Jonas Siegenthaler. At first, I thought he was going to go with 11-7 to line combination, but um, luckily he didn't. And this lineup was either going to go one or two ways. It was either going to go really well or absolutely terrible. And it went absolutely terrible, like 50 feet deep, terrible kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's where my frustrations boiled in, because I'm just like, why are you trying to get more physical when when I honestly that wasn't the issue for the Devils? The issue was just poor execution on special teams. I don't think that came from a lack of physicality. And now look, look what happened toward the end of the game as well. We saw a lot of players head to the showers early. I lost count. I saw Nathan Bastian. I saw Miles Wood. I saw um, who else? I saw Timo Meyer. And I'm pretty sure I'm missing a few other players. But the Devils just played like a bunch of goons out there. It was just it, it embarrassing yeah, it, to see. Toward, toward the end, it, it definitely felt like that was probably going to happen because there's obviously been some bad blood between these teams, you know, throughout the really the last couple of seasons, and it's intensified this year with obviously both teams winning a lot of games and uh, becoming contenders right before our eyes here. Um, I didn't really have all that much of an issue as far as. Uh, the refs handing out all those misconducts. I saw some people complaining about it on Twitter, but, you know, one fight or two fights near the end of the game, that's fine. That's, you know, that's going to happen. And uh, I'm sure from the devil's point of view, they want to try to send the message that, you know, we're, we're not going to go away kind of a thing. Um, but, you know, I also don't want to see anybody get hurt in garbage time on either side. So when they started, you know, throwing people out left and right, I get the feeling, you know, if that's a closer game, they wouldn't have done that. But the fact that it was five to one, it was kind of like, let's just get these guys out of here and not have them, you know, giving each other concussions or taking each other out for the playoffs. So um, I didn't have too much of an issue with that, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's playoff hockey. It's a great rivalry and uh, there's always going to be at least some of that. I honestly, I'm, I'm kind of surprised it took as long as it did for a fight to break out and I'm not endorsing like, you know, senseless violence or anything like that. 
Um, but again, there's animosity, there's bad blood between these teams. And uh, I think a lot of times if there's going to be nastiness in a playoff series, sometimes like game two is right around when it'll happen. Cause somebody's down one Oh, and uh, you know, the series has a little bit of an identity now and they got to come out and assert themselves and uh, send a message early. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't too surprising to see, uh, you know, temperatures boil over, so to speak. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about Trey. So, you know, Lindy Ruff mentioned, uh, I, I believe he said in his post-game presser after game one that, you know, maybe there were a little bit of nerves for the Devils um, on Madison Square Garden, the, the MSG network. They showed a stat where I think the Rangers have played, you know, cumulatively 885 playoff games. The Devils have played 485. And there's always this debate about how much does experience matter. Uh, Gerard Gallant, for his part, said he doesn't think it's really that important. Uh, he was asked about it last year when the Rangers had no experience and were going against the Penguins. But what about you, man? I mean, do you feel like, you know, because the Devils obviously have not played their best yet. Are, are they suffering from any kind of playoff nerves here or anything along those lines? Even if they are, that's not an excuse. You can't, like, just say it's nerves because look look at what the uh, Seattle Kraken are doing to the Colorado Avalanche right now. They won game one, and at the time of recording, they're currently winning. And the Seattle Kraken, they're just in the second year of their franchise. And for the Colorado Avalanche, I know that they have a few players dinged up, like few, like, you know, a lot of players that could help. But at the same time, they're still the reigning Stanley Cup champions. So, look, I get that experience. It, it does play a factor, but that cannot be the only excuse. There's no reason why you should be losing back-to-back games at home five to one. Now you just put yourself into a very difficult situation. Now I want to share one more stat before I hand the floor over to you. So the one thing that I was glad that Lindy Ruff did do was he paired Timo Meyer with Nico Heischer and going into this matchup, Meyer and Heischer actually have pretty good uh, chemistry. So scoring chances 73 to 33 in favor of the devils and then high danger chances 34 to 12 in favor of the New Jersey Devils. So I loved that Lindy Ruff did that uh, in terms of the overall line combinations. But overall, I don't agree with the Jonas Siegenthaler uh, benching. I, I think that was a bad call. Miles Wood, once again, tried to give him another chance. He got moved up to the third line, I, which, I, which I'm baffled by. I, I, I get Curtis Lazar in at this point. And, um, yeah, so not a good – situation that the Devils are in but enough of my rants I want to hear your thoughts so I know the Rangers won five to one but I was just curious like could they have repeated it going into the matchup obviously we saw Chris Kreider uh, be able to just once again he's a Devils killer Patrick Kane got into the mix Uh, Kako was able to score which I'm sure a lot of Ranger fans are going to have a field day because they're like oh Kako scored actually like not on a penalty shot other than Jack Hughes or Something like that. I'm just like, okay, let's let's not do this debate again. But yeah, yeah I want to hear your thoughts. Like, uh, and uh, Chef Turkin. What more can I say about him? Yeah, I mean, as for Kako, I mean, yeah. Anytime you have a player that goes one in the draft with Hughes and Kako goes number two, they're always going to be uh, linked to some degree. I try not to get too caught up in that because Jack Hughes is obviously off to a great start in his career, and I try not to worry too much. And um, you know, th- there's some Devils fans like like I. There was somebody that was like talking smack to me about like how Hughes has been better than Kako. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, the devil's picked first and they took Hughes. It's not like the Rangers pass on Hughes and went with Kako. So uh, I don't really get that stance from certain devil's fans where, where they kind of throw that at me, but uh, yeah, man, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. You kind of ID some of the Rangers uh, big time contributors in this game. 
Uh, for starters, I, I think that's for sure the absolute best game that Patrick Kane has played as a New York Ranger. He just looks oh, a lot more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, at, at exactly the right time. And um, yeah, it's funny us. because, yeah, um, they the Rangers trade for him. And, you know, he, he did okay with the Rangers coming down the stretch here. You know, he had his moments here and there. But the, the thing I kept saying on my show is I'd like to see him be more assertive. And I want to eventually see, you know, Showtime Patrick Kane. And uh, up to tonight, I don't know how often we'd seen that, but – uh, he was that guy tonight, you know, setting up Chris Kreider for a couple of uh, tipping goals on the power play and then that outstanding defensive play uh, near the beginning of the third period. And, um, you know, it's one of those things, if you just look at the box score and you see like, okay, Kane scored early in the third period, made it 4-1, Rangers went on to win 5-1, uh, who cares? You know, it's not really that big of a play. But if you remember, Trey, the first five minutes of the third period, I think that's the best the Devils looked the entire night. And I said on a tweet, you know, that the Rangers – they, they need to pick it up here because this game is not over and uh, the Devils are a team that have, you know, a good amount of comeback wins this season. And uh, for him to, you know, knock that puck out of the zone and then uh, basically pass it to himself up the boards and then not pass to Kreider because had he tried to force that pass to Kreider, I don't think it would have gotten there. Uh, they were kind of running out of real estate at that point. Just take it to the net himself, roof it, and, um, you know, big goal there. And I thought that kind of took the wind out of the Devils' sails a little bit, kind of restored order for the Rangers and, um, you know, never say never, but now you're up by three goals with about 15 minutes to go and uh, you like your chances. So, so Kane was awesome. And uh, Kreider, man, you know, he's obviously the longest tenured Ranger by, by a long shot. He's basically been there for two completely separate eras of Ranger hockey and Ranger fans, you know, we've come to know him as a very streaky player. It's been a little bit more consistent in recent seasons. Um, but, you know, as Ranger fans, you kind of just keep your fingers crossed that he's feeling it at this time of the year. And right now, man, he, he's just got such a feel for those redirections and uh, gets two more of them tonight after getting two in game one. So, uh, yeah, obviously firing on all cylinders and nice to see the Rangers, um, you know, playing as well on special teams as they are. Absolutely. So there's more in store and we're going to talk more about the game momentarily. But first, we want to tell you guys about eBay Motors. So for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same thing when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs a fit just right. So next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit so you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know which part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible terms only. Exclusions apply. Okay, so let's go into more detail about the game in general because you talked about how the third period, of specifically the beginning, was the best for New Jersey Devils. And I would agree with you in that case because – what I saw from the New Jersey Devils was that they were keeping the puck in their offensive end for a good amount of time. And the thing is, like, the Devils were able to score this game. At least they didn't get shut out. But that came on the power play thanks to Eric Halla. And I'll talk about that momentarily. But just collectively during the course of this game, the Devils just were not good five on five. And, like, they just looked like that uh, every passing lane, every chance that they try to create for themselves, it just was never in that big a danger to go past uh, Shesterkin. So that was what I realized, at least on the when the Devils were uh, even strength with the Rangers. But the thing is, is like I talked about having to improve on the special teams, but 
the Devils gave the Rangers seven power play opportunities. And once again, Kreider was able to score on both of them. And that second one that Kreider got, I don't know how that one got went in. It, it went like off the crossbar and it just went right behind Vanacek. I, I, I like, it just baffled me quite honestly. I'm just like, that's just how the game has gone for New Jersey Devils. But yeah, I think that third period was the best um, was the best chance for New Jersey Devils to try to cut into the lead a little bit because it was 3-1, but unfortunately they weren't able to score. And then Patrick Kane just showed his, I, I, if this is a word, vintageness. I, it, like I said, if that's oh, wow, a word, yeah. I'm like able it. to like get a beauty of a shot. And I'm just like, yep, that's the Patrick Kane we saw in the Chicago Blackhawks, which by the way, that was his first playoff goal since uh, the Edmonton bubble in uh late summer of 2020 so you know there's a interesting fact for you but nonetheless it's just like what i saw yeah what i just saw was devils just not good on five on five and i think it was evident in period number one which is why the devils were getting so many icings because what i saw was the rangers just clogging up neutral zone and not giving the devils an inch of breathing room to try to go on the rush because that's what makes the Devils so successful is that they like to get out and run and that was one of the things i was hoping that could go into their favor for this series, which was if the Devils go off and running, if they give Jack Hughes running room, if they give Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, Timo Meyer, maybe even Dougie Hamilton a chance, whatever case might be, then I think the New Jersey Devils can definitely rack up the goals. But there's a reason why uh, two of their goals, like one came on the penalty shot and one came on the power play, had to come at some sort of like advantage on their end. It's because the Rangers are doing an excellent job of just clogging up those lanes and uh, the only positive thing I could say is that Eric Halla on the power play, it was a beautiful setup from the top of the point, and he and McLeod were just uh, laying down low, and Palat was just able to locate both him and McLeod, and Eric Halla was just able to tip it on in, and Devils took their first lead of the series. But unfortunately, after that period, the period number one, it was just all downhill from there. So I got to ask you, what did you notice specifically from the Rangers? Because I talked about their neutral ice defense. I talked about how they forced the Devils to get a lot of, a lot of icing calls early on. Talked about how uh, they're not giving the Devils an inch of breathing room to go off and run. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I asked that, like, what makes the Rangers so successful in that department? And by the way, shout out to Adam Fox once again, because he, he's racking up the assists. Yeah, no, Fox has been great. It's it's crazy how, like, Adam Fox could end, like, the first two games with a total of six assists, and it's almost like he's a little bit under the radar. I try my best to never take him for granted because he is uh, truly an elite defenseman in this league. But as far as, uh, you know, what the Rangers are doing defensively, uh, Trey, I think you already hit on a couple of the things. You know, they're clogging up some passing lanes very nicely. I think something else that's been big, and this has really been apparent uh, when the Rangers have been on the penalty kill, is they're doing a tremendous job uh, standing up the Devils, including some of their best players at the blue line. There's been a couple instances where you know, the Devils will gain the blue line, but the Rangers will knock it away from them just as quickly. Uh, there have been a couple other instances where you know, the Devils are coming up the center of the ice because you know they want to get that rush going. You know they want to enter the zone with a lot of speed and you know do what they do. And uh, you know the Rangers will force somebody to go east-west, and as a result of that, you know, the play ends up being offside. Uh, we've seen a couple examples of that in these two games as well. Uh, the penalty kill has just been awesome. It just feels like the Rangers... Uh, they, they just got everything working defensively. They pressure the puck when the opportunity is there, but nobody's like jumping out of their skates to chase the puck. And uh, they've got good defensive positioning. Their sticks are always in the right position. Uh, I think the puck recovery has been very good in the instances where, you know, Igor gives up a rebound. It, it seems like the Rangers 
far more often than not are getting to the rebound a little bit quicker than the Devils are. And uh, in the case of the penalty kill, often clearing it down the rink. So, yeah, man, just just kind of firing on all cylinders defensively. And uh, that's kind of a product of the players they have. They have a lot of good, really good uh, defensive forwards on this team. Everybody from Mika Zibanejad, who's a superstar, to you know somebody like Barclay Goodrow, who's out there on the fourth line. And uh, he's been great. He, he's been one of the unsung heroes of this series so far, I think. You know, going down, blocking shots, getting clears on the penalty kill, mixing it up when he has to mix it up. Um, you know, just good stuff all around from the Ranger defense. And uh, you know, Igor, like you said, uh, you mentioned him a second ago. He was good in this game. But unlike game one, where he had a couple of those really nice highlight reel saves, I didn't really see too many saves that were like, Oh my God, what a save. It was more Ranger team defense. And, um, you know, that, that was huge in this game and, and they really limited the devil's chances. Don't mean to interrupt you, but exactly. That's what I, that's what I said a few minutes ago, which was none of the shot attempts that at least I saw were in any danger of like going past Igor and like, cause normally I'll, I'll tweet out or, or, or acknowledge like, wow, that was a good save. Unfortunately, devil's got handcuffed, but no, it's just like, you're making it very easy for one of the, best goaltenders in the game today. And uh, Shesterkin just, unfortunate, unfortunately, Devils, once again, weren't able to make him work aside from that that power play, which I'm glad the Devils were able to score on it once again. But it's just like, ay ay ay. So, yeah, that's that's just my that's my mindset, which is like the Devils, you got to make it a little harder. you got to try to get those grade-A chances. you got to try to uh, get into the high-danger situations and make Igor uncomfortable. But for the most part, Igor didn't really – have to work all that hard unless it was I would say aside from period number three early on when the Devils were able to force the Rangers into a long shift yeah for sure and and there's something else I gotta throw out here real quick that I think my listeners will certainly appreciate because pretty much you know we're on episode 800 and something of Locked on Rangers at this point and uh, there's something that I've gotten on them for at times like pretty much ever since this podcast has existed it feels like you know even this year and even last year a little bit when the Rangers obviously improved uh, there are times where a goal is scored and they're kind of asleep on the shift that immediately follows a goal. It tends to be more after they score as, oppo- uh, as opposed to the opponent scoring. Uh, but there's times where they're just not at their best there. And it's a little thing, but I think they've been very good at that in this series. They're, they're just not having shifts where they fall asleep. And, and they're really sharp on that uh, shift that follows a goal, which is very important. You know, the momentum can swing very quickly in these playoff games. And uh, whether they're scoring or the Devils are scoring, they've, they've been uh, very good in the shift that follows a goal there. All right. So like I do with um, every show, compare the stats and then give the Devils a letter grade and have some final thoughts because we got to go to Madison Square Garden on Saturday, and that's not going to be easy. So when looking at the overall stats, shots on goal category, 30 to 23 in favor of the Rangers. Face-off percentage, Devils won that department, 56% to 44%. Power play. Rangers were two for seven. Once again, thanks to Chris Kreider. Uh, Chris Kreider has how many power play goals this series? I, I lost. Uh, he's got four. He's, he's got two in each, and they're all in those deflections, too. Yeah. So, oh, geez. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, <laughs> Godspeed for the Devils. They, they, this is just, it's painful to watch at times. And like I said, that, that second goal, uh, that second power play goal this game, that was just bad luck. But, but you know, sometimes better be yeah, lucky than good. Was- sometimes. Sometimes it was a nice deflection, but there were a couple. It was almost like Plinko from The Price is Right, where the puck's bouncing here, it's bouncing there, and it ends up in the net. It felt like it was in slow motion when the puck was in the air there, for me at least. Power play, one for four uh, for the Devils. Hits, 39 apiece. So I love the physicality, once again, by both respective teams. Saw Jack Hughes get a couple hits once again. Like, he seemed like he was – he's a little guy, but it seems like in this game I'm seeing Jack Hughes just 
throw his body around just a little bit more. And then uh, Timo Meyer, once again, even if he's not scoring, I love that he's asserting himself physically. So seven hits this game for Timo Meyer, but 14 minutes in the penalty box. And I get that he was one of the few players ejected or like sent to the showers early at the conclusion of the game. So I know that factors in, but still like uh, love the physicality from both respective teams, but I just wish the, I just wish the devils um, just were a little smarter blocks 16 to seven in favor of the Rangers. Once again, that's what we talked about, which is get the puck away from just and good things will happen. And that's what the Rangers were able to do. Like, make it a little easier for your goaltender and then giveaways devils that led that department 15 to six. Now here's a personal stat for anyone who is curious. So the devil's all-time series record when trailing one, nothing in a playoff is 10 and 14. However, they are now owing two. So New Jersey's total series record when trailing two, nothing in a series is one and seven and one and two when starting at home. So there's some hope for you. So the devils are, one for two in playoff series in which they drop uh, the first two games at home. So there, I'm just trying to give some hope here. I'm just trying to give some hope. I, I hear you, oh. man. I hear you. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a tough way to start a series. I, I can remember this is like going all the way back to the nineties. So I'm, I'm really aging myself here, but uh, there was a series where I think the Rangers were playing the Canadians and they lost the first two at home and they, they reeled off four in a row. So, I mean, it's something that can be done. Rangers were down two zero to the Canes last year and came back. Um, but you know, as far as uh, Ranger fans are concerned, I think everybody's feeling pretty good about the way uh, these first two games have unfolded. And I'm, I'm sure Madison Square Garden is going to be going nuts, um, you know, come game three. Uh, that's going to be an electric atmosphere. And Trey, I'll, I'll let you get back to the stats real quick, but there's something I must ask you about uh, before I forget, before we call it a night here. Um, so Vanacek obviously hasn't been at his best. I, I don't know that there's been a ton of soft goals. The Rangers are just making it happen. And uh, in some instances, maybe he hasn't gotten some help, but... Um, I'm curious what you think here. I think I already know the answer to this, but do you think a, that the devils will stick with Vanacek and B, if it was your choice, would you stick with him for game three? Well, I was actually going to, uh, talk about that after I gave the letter grade, but I guess we could do that right now. So like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and I, I was going to ask you the same question, just in a different way, like any adjustments the Rangers need to make going home for game three. Well, here, uh, here are the few adjustments that I want to see made for devils. So for Vanacek, I don't blame all the goals on him because, like I said, Chris Kreider has, like, four power play goals, and uh, Banachek has, what, seen nine nine uh, goals go past him, and obviously the Rangers had one empty netter goal, so ten goals total. Um, it's a tough one because, like I said, I don't think it's entirely on Banachek per se, but I do think you need to switch it up for this case because you don't want to risk it and go down 3 nothing because it might be in Banachek's head just a little bit more. So – what I expect for the New Jersey Devils is to start Akira Schmidt the next game. And Mackenzie Blackwood, he's he's scratched. I don't anticipate for the, to see a Mackenzie Blackwood uh, sighting for next game because then you're really going to get a, a rise out of the Devils' discourse. But, yeah, so I think one of the few changes I want to see made are get Siegenthaler back into the lineup. Do not put Brendan Smith back in because he gets unnecessary penalties and the physicality in my eyes is not an issue for the devils. In fact, they, they took it to two great lengths this game. And, and I love the effort and I love the uh, fire and passion, but not necessary. That wasn't the issue. So get Brendan Smith out the lineup. If you are going to uh, put someone else in on the defense, Maybe Luke Hughes, but I wouldn't I wouldn't put my money where my mouth is. So I don't anticipate for Luke Hughes to be back out there. But hey, if the Devils are desperate for something, then 
then what the hell? Give, give it a shot. Um, so, yeah, so the, the changes I want to – so going back to changes, Siegenthaler back into the lineup. Miles Wood gets scratched. Does, he, too many instances in which he puts the Devils on the PK, and, the, and as a result, Kreider is able to score. So get him out the lineup. Uh, get Brendan Smith out the lineup. And for the goalie situation, like you alluded to, I think we're going to see Akira Schmidt in net because I think at this case, you don't want to go down 3 nothing. If it's down 3 nothing, then the series is pretty much over. But right now, it does lean into the favor of the Rangers, if I'm being realistic. But I still haven't given hope in the Devils. I did say Devils in six, but hey, hey, maybe I could say Devils in seven now. But like I said, it's uh, I'm just hoping that the Devils are able to rebound quickly and they only have a couple days to do so. So those are my uh, personal changes. And now I'm going to uh, give the question right to you. I know that I know the Rangers pretty much have been hitting on all cylinders, but are there any uh, changes you want to see made to the Rangers or any final thoughts leading up into the next matchup? Yeah, no, I mean, the, the way these games have unfolded, I, I think you'd be crazy to change anything. I want the same line combinations. I want the same, you know, power play units, the same PK units, the same amount of ice time for everybody. Uh, everything's really been clicking right now. So I don't think there's really any changes to make. Um, it's funny because, you know, coming down the stretch here, I, I threw out the idea of the Rangers maybe flip-flopping Kane and Tarasenko on the power play. You drop Kane down to the second power play. You move Tarasenko up to the first power play. But uh, this is why Gerard Gallant is the coach of the Rangers, and I'm not, uh, because we saw what Kane did on the power play tonight. It wasn't just even the two assists. It was just the fact that uh, he was moving the puck very nicely, um, you know, had a couple of shots, and, um, you know, just looks comfortable. And he, he was talking about that actually during one of the intermissions where, um, you know, he mentioned that, he feels like only now, uh, since he you know got traded here, that is this power play unit really starting to come into its own and uh, really starting to click and, and fire on all cylinders. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously we're seeing that in the results. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any chance they would do anything different as far as who's in the lineup or uh, or what the line combinations would be. Yeah, so that I kind of expected that, but like I said, just wanted to reciprocate the uh, question just a little bit. So sure. if I had to give the Devils a letter grade. Unfortunately, they took a couple steps backwards from their last matchup. They showed no improvement in my eyes other than power play. Five on five was terrible. Execution was lacking. Once again, penalty kill was atrocious. Uh, lineup, questionable lineup decisions by Lindy Ruff that didn't pan out. And uh, just embarrassing losing the first two games at home. So I got to give the Devils an F. And I don't give them Fs too often. So if I give them an F, yeah, that's uh, – that's where I stand on this whole thing. It was, it was, it's like back. I've never seen the devils lose this bad because last time they lost back-to-back games in regulation, you would have to go back to late December. I saw that against, yeah. against the Boston Bruins. Mm-hmm. But, and even then against those games against the Boston Bruins, at least they were competitive and at least they gave themselves a shot. Unfortunately, the Bruins and lo and behold, the Bruins, uh, what, but you know, breaking the franchise or the all-time record for, most wins and most points in a single season. Just what more can you say? So at least the Devils gave themselves a chance in that game, but I've never seen them lose this bad in embarrassing fashion back-to-back games. So, yeah, there's that's where I stand. How about you? Um, Yeah, man. I mean, as far as, like, the next game and as far as what we're expecting, you want to throw out, like, predictions for that? Yeah, so predictions, I'm going to stay optimistic. I think the Devils will get their act together. I think they'll make the necessary changes to the lineup. I think Lindy Ruff will come to his senses. And I think the Devils, because here's the thing. The Devils are actually a good road team. Like, I know it's not um, it, it, it's not like as jarring as it once was. 
But at the same time, I'm not like um, I'm not going to underestimate them on the road for this season. So when looking at the um, when looking at the record, the Devils had a record of 28, nine and four on the road this season. So, yeah, uh, and that's actually better than their home record. So by just a couple games. So I still think the Devils have a chance. It's not going to be easy, but at the same time. They're one for seven uh, all time, went down 0-2 in a playoff series. So, look, why doubt the Devils now? That People doubted them going into the season. People doubted them in late December, January. People doubted Jack Hughes. People doubted the Devils left and right. They said they were going to fizzle out. They said they weren't going to keep that consistency going throughout the course of the year. So why give up on the Devils now? I'm not going to underestimate them. So I think the Devils can squeak away with a victory in game three. My thing is don't get swept at this point. Yeah, I mean, game three is huge. It's a world of difference between being down 2-1 in a playoff series and down 3-0. I mean, you're down 3-0, and, you know, again, never say never, but it's quite the hole to try to climb out of. And 2-1, you know, you're then a game away from from potentially tying it. But um, the one other thing that I have to say about the Rangers this year is uh, it looks like they're finally starting to embrace the role of, like, kind of being that team and, and, you know, a team that's widely recognized as being a very good team, a very talented team, a very dangerous team. You know, last year in the playoffs, it felt like the Rangers were always at their best and they were most comfortable when they were sort of playing that underdog role. You know, they start the the playoffs against the Penguins and, um, you know, they have home ice advantage. They had a better record than the Penguins. They handled them in the regular season, one three out of four. Next thing you know, they're down three games to one uh, in that series and their backs are against the wall and, and they come out swinging and, um, you know, they were able to come back and win that series. And same thing against the Canes, you know, down 2-0, they win that series in seven games. Uh, then they get up 2 nothing against the Lightning, and we know that the Lightning obviously rallied and, you know, showed why they've been to the Stanley Cup final for three straight years now. But uh, the, the thing that I'm loving about the Rangers right now is it, it finally seems like they're embracing that role where it's like, yeah, we're, we're that team, we're that good, we're that talented, and uh, we can come out here and make things happen and uh, obviously have a deep run. It just seems like they're playing with so much confidence right now and, um, once again, embracing that role of, you know, being that team, being those guys. So, yeah, but as, so. as far as a prediction, I, I do have to throw that out there. So I'll say the Rangers, uh, you know, they're rolling right now, but I do think it'll be a little bit closer. You know, sooner or later, there's going to be some kind of a pushback from the Devils, I would imagine. Um, so I will say the Rangers uh, eke out a three to two win uh, in game three at home in Madison Square Garden. But I'd, I'd be crazy to pick against them right now after seeing what I've seen in, in these first two games. It's not out of the realm of possibility that the Devils could win. But, uh, you know, obviously, if you're a Ranger fan and you're not confident in them right now, then uh, I don't think you were watching these last two games all that closely. So, yeah, give me give me a Ranger win. All right. So game three will be Saturday at Madison Square Garden. And we're going to have all the coverage here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So for John Chick and myself, I am Trey Matthews. Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey, and also New York. John will catch you in in the next episode of his respective show, and I'll catch you in the next episode of my respective show, and uh, let's see what happens.